It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Morning, Izzy Kempe for breakfast. SENZ. Kempe's away, so you got oh, Ricardo Ball and myself carrying you through the next couple of hours. You got Joe and Neeps and Aroha keeping you up to date with the sport. And uh, it's Neeps' last day today, so we want to send Neeps out on a bang and uh, celebrate his last couple of years, mate. You've been outstanding. I've really enjoyed your time here on SCNZ. If you've got a message for Neeps, he's done a great job. We appreciate it, brother. I'll send it through, double eight, double three on the Temper Bedpost text machine. A big good morning to you, Ricardo. Neeps, how are you, brother? Yeah, I'm good, Daggy. Enjoying my last day. I actually forgot a box of beers to bring in this morning, but that's okay. We'll, we'll get to that after the show. <laughs> it's all about the beersies, mate. I hope you uh, have a couple afterwards and everyone else can uh, join in with you, mate. So appreciate your time. We'll celebrate it throughout the show as well. Uh, just remember it is Pink Friday, Pink Shirt Friday, and it's uh, they're asking everyone out there to wear your pink shirts to make a stance against bullying. Well, I've gone pinky as... I've got my wife's cardigan on my head as a do-rag. <laughs> I was wondering what and, that was. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm wearing a pink shirt. So uh, I've done my little bit today, and uh, I appreciate it, and I hope that uh, all of you are out there, all of you are out there making your stance today. Big morning to you, Rick Dog. How you doing? Yeah, good. Is he good? Uh, it's been a, uh, a big morning, all right, without uh, the big dog, Kempe, uh, in the studio and uh, obviously uh, getting ready to farewell Neeps as well. And keeping an eye, mate, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but the PGA Championship first round is I underway. Have. And uh, it's I it's have. a tale of two rounds for the two Kiwis in the, in the field, isn't it? Because mm. mm. Ryan Fox is leading, great news. <laughs> Steve Elker, nine over through 16. Uh, he's uh. last. So we're, we're, we're sandwiching the leaderboard. Put it that way. Sandwiching the leaderboard at the PGA Championship is. <laughs> Good to see, though. Foxy with a two-under start. I think there's a couple more holes left when I last looked, but must be a difficult 
difficult course when you're only two under after the first round at Oak Hill. Rory McRoy, I went here. Look, he's three over. Then I've looked at Colin Morikawa. He's even. But Ryan Fox, look, I can. Oh, oh, sacrifice my multi if Foxy goes on and wins a major because I predicted at the start of the year. When they said the Oracle, if you had one thing that you can predict this year, it was Ryan Fox to win a major. I hope I don't put the hoodie on him, but he's got a good start, Rick. Yeah, well, good he's start. A, he's actually picked up another shot, so now he's uh, three under. So he's three oh. under. So he's actually got the outright lead by a shot through fifteen. So he's got three holes to play. See if he can extend that lead. But uh, yeah, good start for Foxy at the PGA Championship is, and uh, a good way to start the weekend as well, isn't it? Because today is officially the first day of the weekend. Is that how it works? It is. It is. It is. And I'm going to play golf after this, so I'm going to go and get some inspiration from the one and only Ryan Fox. Well, oh, I, actually, I, was, I, I wondered what you were going to say there, is because I know the answer to this question, but. Yeah, oh. tell us who you're going to play golf with today. <laughs> I'm going to play golf with uh, Kieran Reed. Yeah, and Reedo's actually coming up on the show after eight o'clock, and I'm going to play golf with Richard McCall. Going to have, have a hit with her. I just thought I'd just get the uh, the old fellas out of their houses. I've got young kids. Rick, she's got three daughters. I thought, look, it'd be a good time to. Have a catch up with the boys and Ben Dormer as well. And if you don't know Ben Dormer, he uh, he runs the Willows Cricket um, team down here. And if you haven't heard of the Willows Cricket team, they bring a lot of old past cricketers, everyone from all do- different walks of life, and they play at a place called Lowburn. And they go around, they raise money um, for chosen charities, but they go and play like Otago First Elevens, your Kings First Elevens. They travel. Um, kind of like a bar bar teams, are they? Yeah, pretty similar. And they travel down to the to Christchurch, and and I think um, Ben Dormer and Co. They do a lot of the funding for it to allow these kids to travel, and they play against some of their uh, their childhood heroes. I mean, when I went along. Uh, Richie usually plays quite a bit. He's really good friends with Ben Dormer. Um, when I went, Cole Jamison was meant to play, but obviously his back niggles, and I was meant to play, but. Look, I'm just in no good at Nick, so I pulled out. So me and Cole Jamison were on the barbecue, but there's been some some absolute champions, some some current players that play provincial cricket. They get to take on these kids, so it's a it's an awesome organisation that do some good work. So yeah, that's me, uh, mate, Ricardo. That's all not good. name dropping, not name. No, no. Well, I asked, mate. I asked. Uh, uh, actually, uh, Tony Kemp could have had a lion today, but no. It's obviously his body clock's working on him because he's already texted twice into the text machine. Uh, this one, oh no, poor Foxy. Is he? Shut up, mate. <laughs> oh, oh, Kimpy, you're up, man. I miss you, brother. I miss your heat coming through the airways. What are you doing? What is he doing? What is Kimpy doing? Just wanted a day off? Well, yeah, a couple of days. Oh, he's, back, he's back Tuesday. So he's, I think he's got a long yeah, weekend what? in the neck here. Yeah, think. why? Yeah, why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> Tell me why, Tony. Tell me why. <laughs> He's had four days of me in studio. Maybe that was enough. Oh, mate. No, we can handle you. We can oh, handle no, you, right. uh, Good. Rick Dog. It's just that Tony Kemp. How, what did you dream of last night, Tony? Let us know. Double eight, double three. <laughs> what did you dream up? Send it through and I'll share it with the listeners because they want to know what you're doing. And Tony sent through a message. Uh, Neeps, you're a legend, mate. We'll find a friend for life. We'll be a friend for life, brother, and look forward to sharing a beer next week, 100%. And uh, another one here from Brett Neeps. On behalf of, of all Izzy and Kempies for breakfast listeners, all the best for your future endeavours, brother. You and your laugh will be sorely missed. Take care. So uh, there you go, um, Neeps. Thank you, Brett. Thank you. 
for you from uh, from our listeners. Hey, uh, Rick Doll, I just read off who we got coming up on the show. We got Mike Delaney after seven. We're going to be talking to Mike. He's just been announced assistant coach for the Black Ferns alongside Alan Bunting. So looking forward to having a catch up with him and Kieran Reed. He's coming on after 8 o'clock. We'll be talking Super Rugby. We're talking loose forwards, any selection he likes, anything he's seen. Obviously, a little bit going on with the Hurricanes Chiefs performance. We'll rip into that shortly. And we're going to be talking to George Harper Jr., my good friend, about the PGA Championship Golf. So there is plenty coming up. And we have a big something for you at 8.40ish. You won't want to miss it, so stay tuned, eh, Rick? Definitely stay tuned. Stay tuned. And it kind of it does tie in a bit, Izzy, to our can't wait question of the day, which we'll get to shortly. Uh, but I, I just want to put this out there too for for Mark from Torong, who's a good friend of the show. He says, uh, "Morena lads and Araha, uh, I now need two golfers for a charity golf game." Uh, I am Hope at Whitford Park today. Need to be there at 11. Do any of you fancy yourselves or any of your listeners want to play? It's all paid for. All you need to do is show up. Hopefully Brett from Huntley has the day off. Even Ken, though you support the Blues, if you can handle playing golf with the Crusader supporters, come along. So uh, text us in if you can make it, and I will uh, put you in touch with Mark from Tauranga, who's up here to, uh, in Auckland to play at Whitford Park for the I Am Hope Golf Charity uh, as well. Is Beautiful. Yeah, head along. Get along, I am, hope, I am Hope doing some good things, raising some money. I, th- I think I'm actually doing something. Amelia Kerr, Amelia Kerr does a lot of work with them and she's reached out to to go on and, and do some uh, video sessions and just talk about my kind of journey with mental health. And next Friday, Crusaders are doing the um, inductee into the Hall of Fame and the chosen charity is uh, I Am Hope, raising money. So Crusaders alumni there, it's like an immortal night. The the, uh, the Brumbies, the Brumbies have done it for years, and you go along to this big uh, lunch, Rick, and you, you have a lot of auctions, and they induct an immortal into the group. Now, when you think of the Crusaders, you think of the, the, the guys that have played a hell of a lot of games, but the ones that genuinely made a difference. If there is one, if you I don't know who's going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, but um, you could have a genuine guess. If you're going to have a guess, who would be the first off the Crusaders list to be inducted? And and with this, I think there's talks of a, like a Crusaders walk through the city. Oh, yeah. To the new stadium. That's cool. They're going to have um, uh, statues and you know bronze statues of, of past players. So when you walk to the games, there'll be something like that. I'm thinking, I'm hearing something like that. Who, who who rattles off your mind when you well, think of that? Well, I kind of think, you know, the obvious thing, people will go DC or Richie because of their profile, but they didn't probably play as many games for the Crusaders because of their all-black commitments, right, and, and things like that. So I reckon it's going to be somebody who's a bit more of a unsung hero, if you like. Tia, I, I could be, I, I, it's probably not him, but it's going to be someone like Wyatt Crockett, I reckon. Guy's got over 200 appearances for the Crusaders, someone like that. Yeah, yeah, I think you're on the right track. Um, no doubt those players will be recognised, and no doubt, now that, doubt that maybe in time they might get it. Um, but I think this is going to go back to 1996, 97, Ooh. when they started. You know, the players that really made a difference, like the I think it's um, Stu Lowe. I think he was all uh, Crusader number one. Um, 
you know, you think of the Black Hatters that started this, yeah. uh, the Hammets. Like, there's just names that can rattle off. And I don't know what the criteria is, but next week, next Friday, we'll have a guess. Caleb Ralph? going to be inducted. Ralphie. Yeah. I, I look, yeah, it just comes down to, like, what kind of impact you've had on the field and also off the field in terms of the Crusaders? Because you're dead right. The, those players had a huge impact for the All Blacks. Mm. They'll be immortalised in the All Blacks. But for the Crusaders, this is about the Crusaders, and it's got nothing to do with what they did in the black jerseys. It's what they've done in the red jersey. So it's a big night next week, Rick Dog. It's going to be enjoyable, and I'm hopefully going to head along. I've got my surgery on Tuesday and uh I think I get out Friday morning and I might just limp along on my crutches and have a wee catch up. Kempi, can you just leave the text machine alone, please? Because I can't fly, because I can't fly like an eagle when you pelicans are always on my shoulders. And here's another one. Mate, I dreamt that you won the New Zealand Golf Open by eight shots because I invented a golf club that only let you hit the ball straight. <laughs> then I woke up and my shoulders were still sore. From carrying you, oh <laughs> golf and Kemp just don't go in the same sentence, Kempy. You know that. So if you're dreaming of it, you're having a nightmare. That's called a nightmare, Tony. That's a nightmare if you're dreaming golf, my friend. Ah, leave us alone. We're trying to do a show. Um, <laughs> a couple more here. Another one, Neeps. I'll miss your infectious laughter. You bring joy to the day. Two years, not long enough, but alas, we all move on. Go well from an unknown. Text message as well, so uh, there's some awesome messages coming through you, Neeps. We'll celebrate it throughout the morning. No, morning, Neep. All the best to you. At least you do a better impersonation of a lamb than Izzy. <laughs> lamb, <laughs> lamb me. Neeps, give me your lamb. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cat. That's a cat. Hey, uh, Rick. Mm. We uh, The game last night, the, the NRL, Panthers yeah. taking on the Broncos, 15-4 at Suncourt Stadium. Now, for me, it rings back, memories come back from last year when the Broncos started with a hiss and a roar, mm. and then they just wavered towards the end of the season, and then they missed the eight. That was 2v3, and they got blown off the park at home. Yeah. This, Warning signs? Oh, I reckon Warning it might. signs well, for the I, Well, I think it, it, it shows that just how important Adam Reynolds is, right? Because yeah. they, they scored a try, I think, with about 20 minutes left to go. That's the only points they got all night. No Adam Reynolds on the field because he went off last yeah. week with that neck injury. And it, it feels like they've got no creativity in that final third when Adam Reynolds isn't playing. Um, Reese Walsh did his best. Reese Walsh made a break with about five minutes to go. It was really good. Uh, you know, he had a little a little grubber picked up, uh, beat a couple of players. He he looked quite good. But mm. yeah, they really struggle without Adam Reynolds. And if if he goes for any length of time, I reckon yeah, you're right. You're going to see them struggle. I mean, he went off early last week. Uh, they've now lost three of their last four. Uh, the Broncos. So I mean, I considering how they started, uh, that's uh, that's big. And yeah, I mean, like they didn't really fire a shot. They had like maybe two good chances to score. Mm. Uh, they scored one and didn't score the other, and that was it. Like they really didn't trouble Penrith that much. On the flip side, Penrith, the tired, the tired-looking Penrith. They've got a couple under their belt the last couple of weeks. People were riding them off only four or five weeks ago. 
mate. Yeah, they've found some form. Starting to look ominous, eh? The, the Panthers. Mm. They're starting to get that roll on. Starting to get that roll on. And, uh, you know, they, I think it's taken them a little while to figure out what to do on that left edge without Kikau there because he was such a, mm. a an important part for them. He broke the line so much. And also, you know, to, to really get Mitch Kenny um, going. Um, you know, with Appy gone, uh, and adjust to the way that Mitch Kenny plays the game because he's not Appy, right? So they had to, they had to make some changes, and it's probably just taken them a little while to bed those in. But they're starting to look real good. Yeah, beautiful. And Lua, he touched the ref as well, and there's a bit of can talk about him potentially maybe going even longer, and that puts a state of origin selection in doubt. Can't touch the refs. Can't, Can't even refs. go over and tap them on the shoulder. Yeah, yeah. It's hey. a, it's a, it's a. You, you just got to leave him alone. You got to leave him alone, uh, unless of course you're Jason Paris, which case it's fine. Uh, but um, but yeah, that, that's a that's a whole different thing. Uh, <laughs> it is now time for this. Can't wait. Question of the day. Now, Izzy, we've got some live music in the studio this morning. Uh, friend of Neeps. Neeps on his last day. He's pulling a few strings to get his mate uh, on air for New Zealand Music Month. So Sam Cullen's going to come in and play some live music. But that got us thinking. We are having a bit of a chat about it in the office this morning as we're prepping the show. What's the best concert you've ever been to? What's the best concert you've ever been to? Oh, I've seen this question too. Rick, you would have been to plenty. I know mm. you have some absolute gems that you've been to. Yeah, it's... couple spring to mind. Couple spring to mind. Sorry, Rick. Yeah, I think of <laughs> this isn't a concert, but this is a festival. Mm. But I went along to a festival in Gizzy. Everyone's been a rhythm and vines. This was the year that 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 the Kooks played. So the Kooks played at, at this festival, and for me, oh, look, I, I enjoy a lot of uh, you know rock music. Different music. I love drum and bass, and I'm you know I'm DJ Tragic hundred percent. But the Kooks, they were so good to watch, and I really enjoyed that. They had some bangers after bangers. They've been missing for the last wee while, but um, that would probably be one that really springs to mind. The Kooks in Gisborne, and another one I can't go past was the halftime show at Super Bowl in Miami. What Shakira and J Lo just shake it up there and. In the middle of that stage, and you know with Super Bowl, like it's a it's an inter- it's a show, you know, like it's just every lots of things going on, and you had the dance group from Auckland, um, that were actually the backup singers, so it was quite good to get that Kiwi feel. But for me, that would probably be one of the ones that really stand out for mm. you. Yeah, oh, so many. Uh, I'm trying to think of ones that people will know, <laughs> but because yeah, I, I go to watch a lot of stuff that maybe isn't as uh, as well known. But uh, well, I your shirt would have been good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I've, I mean, I've seen Metallica ten times. Um, over yeah. the years, so I saw I saw, saw them in Belfast a couple of times. Seen them in Aussie a few times. Seen them here, of course. Uh, they, they always put on a great show. I did see Guns and Roses on the Guns Over New Zealand tour, which was the tour they did in 1988. So that was I was 16, and that was the Appetite for Destruction tour. I saw them on that tour when they first came out. That was uh, mind blowing. That was mind blowing show. Wow. Probably if I have to pick one though, if I pick one. I saw Pantera at the Logan Campbell Centre on the Far Beyond Driven Tour. And I was in the pit the entire gig, and it was just relentless. And, uh, I, yeah, I was just never been so mentally and physically invested in a show as I have in that show. Came out of it, Izzy, and I had, like, the old Levi's 501 black jeans on. Uh, you could actually wring them out. 
and because that's oh, how much yeah. sweat there was because you're just in this pit the whole time. Uh, so yeah, that, those, those those would be uh, some some of my highlights. Some of my a highlights. sweaty mess. A sweaty mess. I can picture it's, it now, Rick. That that <laughs> describes me in more uh, more than just that night. Generally, just quietly. But uh, <laughs> what about in the kitchen, Neeps? It's your mate Sam Cullen that's going on. You're a big you're a big uh, music here. What do you got? Oh yeah, there, there's definitely a few that spring to mind. The most iconic one for me was going to see Liam Gallagher at Spark Arena, obviously formerly of Oasis. But he got onto the stage, and within four seconds of him taking the stage, he was already swearing at and abusing the audience. So I, <laughs> I thought that was absolutely fantastic. Excellent, because that's what you want. That's what you want. There you go. Get your texts into us. Double eight, double three. That is the temper of bedpost text machine. Um, what is the best gig you've ever been to? It's a nice, easy one on your Friday. I can't wait. Question of the day. We'll hear Joe's answer after this. It is six twenty-three here on Izzy and Kempy for breakfast. Twenty six away from seven o'clock here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Time for some sport headlines. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. A couple of things for you: the uh, Nathan Cleary and the Panthers inflicted a fourth defeat of the season on the Brisbane Broncos last night in Brisbane. The Broncos, who were missing playmaker Adam Reynolds, could only mass, uh, muster a Selwyn Cobo try in the fifty eighth minute in response to a dominant Penrith performance. Kevin Walters' men now sit third on the NRL ladder. Rafa Nadal announced he is pulling out of the French Open because of a hip injury that has sidelined him since January and he expects 2024 to be the final season of his career. The owner of 14 championships, which is the record at the Clay Court Grand Slam tournament, will miss it for the first time since he debuted there in 2025. That is some longevity. Uh, Nadal, who turns 37 next, next month, delivered the news of his withdrawal and his future plans during a press conference at his tennis academy in Monaco, Spain. He said he does not want to set a date for his return to tennis, but expects it'll take a few months. The evolution of the injury I sustained in Australia has not gone as I would have liked. I've lost goals along the way and Roland Garros becomes impossible. Um, and then the 22-time uh, Grand Slam champion added, you never know how things will turn out, but my intention is that next year will be my last year. And not only will he be missing, but so will Nick Kyrgios. He's been forced to pull out of the French Open as well due to a foot injury that he sustained during the theft of his car, not because of his ongoing knee problem. Police said that the Wimbledon finalist's mother was held up at gunpoint on May the 1st by a suspect in Canberra near Kyrgios's house and his Tesla was stolen. Kyrgios's agent said that the player injured himself during the high adrenaline rush of everything as he stopped the robbery. So there you go, Kyrgios uh, out oh. of the French Open as well. But that, that, was, that was pretty rock and roll from Nick Kyrgios stopping the carjacking, eh? Holy mate, <laughs> he just finds himself in some in- interesting situations, eh? Scenarios like, are you sure that's the full version? <laughs> <laughs> what else happened? How do you injure your foot? I reckon he. I reckon he might. Do you reckon he, he might have given somebody a bit of a, a, a rucking? Shall we say? You know what? Yeah. Do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna come out on a limb here, and I'm gonna put myself out there. When I was 18. Mm. I dislocated my shoulder. Yeah. My collarbone broke it. You know, I went and had surgery, got it reattached. Um, I was in town and I was having a few and I got, I got smart to these guys that couldn't get into the bar. They were underage and I was overage or whatever. And they were outside, but they couldn't get me and I was getting smart. Anyway, I went to walk to the next bar 
bang, walking by myself, walk around the corner, three of them standing right there. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, here we go. And it just kicked off. 3v1. Anyway, I rebroke my collarbone. Oh. Well, had to go tell New Zealand rugby. <laughs> Daggy slipped down the stairs. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I hate those stairs, man. How dangerous are the stairs? Oh. So there you go, Kiros. You can't fool me. Oh, mate, that is outstanding. That is outstanding story from Izzy. Uh, a little, a little bit of a, a look uh, behind the scenes uh, from Izzy. There you go. That's uh, trades and builders power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Those are your uh, sports news headlines. A few more texts have come through, including one from Mark, who's going to be in town shortly. He's got a, he wants to uh, put a coffee order in, boys. So. Mark's going to drop yeah, some I'm just sending in. it to him for you. All oh, right, I'm just sending your good. orders, so yeah, was, they'll get, be there shortly. Get to that, uh, champion Mark. Morning, boys. Uh, best concert got to be my first concert, 1997. It was Corn. I had bleach blonde hair with an undercut. Tool show just before COVID was a beauty as well. That one from Troy, and uh, no name on this text, but I've seen quite a few. I'd say Split Ends followed by Billy Idol. Actually, I've got to say, my first mm. ever concert was Billy Idol on the Whiplash Smile Tour when I was about 14. Uh, my uncle took me, and that was awesome. Steve Stevens on guitar, absolutely slaying it. Billy Idol had these throwing knives on stage, and he was throwing knives into the stage, into the speaker stacks as well. It was just like, whoa, what's happening here? You know. And at the time, Rebel Yell was probably my favourite record, so that was that, that, that was up there. Is what was, what was your first gig? Oh, first gig... Would have been oh I can't really remember. What was it? Black Seeds, I think. The Black Seeds when they played at the Black Barn in, in Hawks Bay. I used to go watch the Black Seeds. Used to love watching them play. Um Yeah, Rhythm of Vines. Just the Fat Freddy's drop, that's the one that really comes to mind for my first good gig. Um anyone did anyone go to Michael Jackson when he toured here in two thousands? I did. I know a couple no. of my family members went. No. And they reckon that was unreal. Off the hook, off the hook. What about you, Neeps? First gig, um, this was a real cool one for me because I, I love 80s music, especially New Zealand's 80s music. When I was about 16, my band got to open for The Chills in Invercargill. They did um tour around New Zealand and um, came down to Invercargill and asked my band to open for them. So I got to uh, open for one of my favourite New Zealand bands, The Chills, which was really cool. That's At the awesome. age of 16, and buying beers and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, I love my leather jacket and all of that. Uh, Elton John, Mean Live. Morty and the Brothers, good luck, Nipia. That's from Ed. Can't go past Adija, homegrown from Otara. Used to come to the club room, see Ryan on his Harley, but the best live band I went to was the Whalers. Wow. Uh, waiting at a bus stop in Otara with my bro. We got picked up in a muscle car and driven to the Auckland Town Hall. Smoke everywhere. Ended up at the after party <laughs> at Surrey Crescent. Sounds like a story that you probably can't tell the rest of, Ed. But, yeah, golden, golden from Ed. Keep them coming through. Zayda said he went to 660 at Eden Park. That was his good one. Oh, always a goodie. Always yeah, and uh, John, morning, fellas. Been to a lot of good gigs, but ACDC in Wellington was bloody awesome. Go, Foxy. Cheers, John. And just an update, Foxy's dropped a shot. And uh, Victor Hovland's gone past him. So Fo- Fox is actually now tied for fourth uh, at the PGA Championship. But I think he's just two shots off the lead. Hovland, I think, is leading now on... Sorry, Hovland's on three under. Corey Connors, the Canadian, is on four under. And then Fox is tied for third on two under. He's got a hold of play. Maury Carr was one under. 
Oh, there you go. Making a run. He's making a run, is he? You're still alive. <laughs> You're still alive. This is SENZ. It is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. 19 away from 7. Give us a call now. 0800 150 811. 0800 150 811. A $50 TAB bonus bet could be yours. It's Quizzy Dag next. Hey, you know we're finally here, right? Where are we? It's Quizzy Dag on SENZ Wood. It's Quizzy Dag on SENZ Wood. It's Quizzy Dag on SENZ Wood. It's Quizzy Dag, 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 Dag. Oh, you thought you did a Z and can't be. But the questions stress you out, yay. The quiz master is getting busy. But Uncle's Clues would give you gout. Think you can beat them, try your luck. Losing, they're gonna call you chump. TAB bonus bets, they're on us. TAB, 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 Quizzy Dag and TAB bonus bets. Don't ask Google all your slay It's Quizzy Dag on It's Quizzy Dag. You don't need to go anywhere. You can come to the Aroha concert live here on SCNZ. Yes. Oh, that gets me up. That tune. And just on the gout, Kimpy, you've heard it there. Just be wary this weekend, my friend. We know you. I know you. You stay away from that kaimwana. Mmm. I know. Gonna dip in, eh? Still waiting for my oysters, too. Jimmy Cow. You listening? <sighs> anyway, we're going to go to Ed. Brett from Huntley. Morning, Brett. Thank you, Brady. Thank you. There he is. Cheers for that. Uh, Brady, question number one, brother. The Panthers beat the Broncos 15-4 in last night's NRL match in Brisbane. How many points did Nathan Cleary score? Oh, I didn't watch that. Um, I'll have a guess, bro. Um, eight. Eight is incorrect. Sorry, Brett. Have a good weekend, brother. Appreciate it. Ed from Tolaga. Good morning. Morning, bro. Oh, uh, I remember um, um, Norman Berryman, man. Uh, I played against yeah. that one. Sure. Had a few beers yeah. with him, too, after the seven. Oh, I should have stepped yeah. him and scored a try around him, but uh, I passed it. <laughs> oh, you, anyway, sound, but, you, uh, you sound like one of those fellas I talked to in the pub. <laughs> <laughs> he is. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. The Panthers. Hey, no, true story. True story is real. <laughs> I, lie, I believe you. I believe you. The Panthers beat the Broncos 15-4 in last night's NRL match in Brisbane. How many points did Nathan Cleary score? Ed? Did he get a try and a couple of conversions? Maybe 10? <sighs> 10 is incorrect. Sorry, Ed. Have a good weekend, my friend. Damon from Palmy. Morning, Damon. Morning, boys. How are you? Good, thank you. Cheers for your call, mate. Uh, Panthers, Broncos, 15-4. How many points did Cleary score? 11. 11 is correct. Got a droppy at the end of that game. Question number two. Who was the All Blacks' top point scorer in the 2003 Rugby World Cup? Oh, 
Dan Carter is incorrect. This is a great question. Love it. Dan Carter, not Dan Carter. Lemmy from Palmy North. All the best, uh, Nipia. Thanks, Lemmy. Oh, that's um, nice. (laughs) Um, Oh, I don't know. Probably, uh, what was going to say? Carlos Spencer. Carlos Spencer is incorrect. Sorry, Lemmy. Have a good weekend, mate. John from Christchurch. Good thanks, John. Appreciate it. Uh, who was the All Blacks top scorer? 2003 Rugby World Cup. Oh, 2003. I'll have to go Mertens. Mertens is incorrect. Oh, it's a stumble. Sorry. <laughs> Brad from Dunedin. Good morning. Morning, Indeed. All the best. Indeed. Morning. I think my Cisco knows you, eh? Who knows? <laughs> um... Liam Hart is my oh, yeah, yeah. No, he's actually, yeah, really good family friend of mine, yeah. Yeah, he's a great bloke. Um, I think the answer is Leon McDonald, anyway. Leon McDonald is correct. Question number three. Which two teams will play off to be in the English Premier League next season? Oh, um, you mean like the playoff? Championship yeah. playoff, yeah. To, to come up. Uh, Luton Town's one of them. Oh, who's the other one? Um, Three. You can get a clue from Rick. Yeah, can I grab a clue for the other one? Uh, clue, 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 clue. Uh, Sky Blue? Sky Blue City. Sky Blue City. Um, yeah, no clue. Uh, Scott, hey, Sky Blue is okay. the colour of the kit, and they're a city. They're somebody's city. All good, Brad. Have a good day, my friend. Josh from Christchurch. Morning. Oh, good morning. Good turn. Bike off. Uh, yeah, I heard the clue there, mate, but I didn't get the question, but I think I might have it. <laughs> okay. Which two teams will play off to be in the English Premier League next season? One's already been said, Luton Town, and there's one more. Uh, Man City. Man City. Now they're already in it. Yeah. yeah Probably yeah. going to win it. He picked up the sky. Probably going to win the triple. Yeah. Same colour. Yep. It's not that city. Not Sorry, that mate. City. Richie, Upper Hut. Yo, go Coventry City. Coventry nice. City is correct. Question number four. What year did Manu Vatave debut for the Warriors? 2000 and... Three. Sorry, mate. Ooh. Have a good weekend, Richie. Kerry, Mangafai. Morning. Morning, boy. Manu Vatave, debut for the Warriors. What year? Not 2003. Uh, 2004. No. Sorry. Murray, Christchurch. Got, we got a clue? Uh, you think Peter Brock. 2005. Yes. Bang. Vasil Lamachenko is back this weekend taking on power puncher Devin Haney in lightweight boxing match. What is Lamachenko's fighter name? Steel. It's a tough quiz. Uh, it's a tough quiz this, this time around. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm going to keep it. 
That's mine. <laughs> That's my $50 TAB bonus bet. Too good for you out there. Stay tuned. Monday, give you another chance. Love Racing with Joey coming up. On a Pacifica, take on the cruise. Couple of minutes away from 7 o'clock. Keep your texts coming through on the best live gig you've seen for our Can't Wait Question of the Day. Double eight, double three. Time, though, for a Love Racing update from Joey. Experience the thrill, love racing, own racing. Well, it's winter, boys, which means a lot of our Kiwis have headed across the ditch for the Queensland Carnival, as we've alluded to throughout the week. Opie will be on no compromise in the Group 1 Doombin Cup, but most of our Kiwi interests lie in the Group 3 BRC Sprint and the Group 2 Roses. The great Dark Destroyer returns for an extended spell in the paddock, but it's Lance O'Sullivan and Andrew Scott's other horse in the 8th at Doombin they believe has the best chance of winning, and that's Dragon Leap, currently paying $21. Back here at home, I think I'm going to go with another Scott and Sullivan horse, the four-year-old mare Serena Spirit in the second at Tarapa. Uh, they tipped her out to McGarren yesterday, currently paying $6.50. Get on. Get amongst. There you go. That Dang. is a Love Racing update. Thanks Get for up, Joey. a tissue. Get up, a tissue. Get up. <laughs> Coming up in the next hour, we're going to catch up with Mike Delaney. We're going to talk golf with George Harper Jr. Right now, though, time for Araha with the latest in news and sport. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. That just gets me warm and fuzzy on the inside. It's so good. Oh, so good. If you remember, our one of our starting songs was Sweet Deposition, Temper Trap. Well, that's a remix to it, Fitch. And uh, it's one of my favourite songs. If you want to start, yeah, if you're just feeling a little bit down, play that. Gets me, uh, gets me back in the right mood and gets me going. So good. We're going to be talking rugby shortly with Mike Delaney. He's obviously been announced our assistant coach for... The Black Ferns. We're also going to be talking to George Harper Jr. George Harps, he's doing some great work overseas. He'll be all over the PGA Championship. And then after eight, Karen Reed. So a big couple of hours coming up. But we're going to have to have a chat to my good friend. The, the, the coach. The everything. The Black Ferns Sevens continue to dominate the world stage, winning yet others series t- another series title in Toulouse last week. The focus will now shift to the 15s game with a test against Aussie just one month away. Mike Delaney is one of the team's new assistant coaches and the steamers legend. I also played for the Crusaders. Let's not forget that. So he's got a foot in both camps, Crusaders and Chiefs. Big good morning to you, Mikey. Miles, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, good, mate. How are you? Uh, really good, really good. Appreciate your time I coming on the show. You got, you got plenty of time on your hands. So, wow, oh, I'm always up and about, ready to rip into another big day of mahi. You wouldn't know what that is, but anyway, it's all good <laughs> to have you on the show. How you doing, mate? 
<laughs> yeah, good, mate. No, all is well. Just, um, yeah, pretty big family. Like camp, camp next week in Wellington, which will be good. So uh, get girls together and, and, as you say, prepare for that, that test, that Aussie test. Hey, was this um, always something on the cards? I know you jumped into the coaching role. You've been um, with the Steamers for a couple of years now, and this Black Ferns opportunity come up. Was this something that really you were, you were hoping to, to get or just, just come by chance? Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. It was sort of, yeah, obviously popped up, and um, I'd sort of been involved with Bad Penny for a while, and, um, you know, I was pretty keen to get into something, you know, as, as I know, exciting opportunity to, to grow, grow that game, especially with with what happened in the last year, and um, yeah, just a really good opportunity, and you know, to be involved in a, a national team, you know, it's pretty cool, and with the ability potential to go to World Cup and, and and do something pretty special there again. So it's I don't know, it's a pretty exciting time in, in the female game. So yeah, jumped at it. Mike, the, you know, the NPC is a, is a great grounding game. That's where we see all our players at Super Rugby uh, come through. What about for you as a coach? What did you learn in your time in charge of the steamers? How did it improve you? Oh, yeah, it's massive. It's, um, yeah, it's just a different different thing. Um, you have challenges, um, you know, um, players being all over the country and then coming back and then, you know, not getting too much time with them. And they're usually pretty banged up by the time we get them, but... Um, yeah, it was definitely a challenge coming from a player into that coaching role. Um, especially, you know, as a player with them, having to coach them. But, um, yeah, that no, was it's a great ground to, to learn. And it's a pretty, you know, during that season, it gets pretty full on. And, you know, things can get pretty, um, you know, under, under the pump, depending on how you're going. But, um, you know, I had some pretty good coaches around me and, and also you know, Clayton McMillan being playing a big part in my early days of, of coaching. Mate, like, we're looking at the women's game at the moment. It's absolutely flying. You've got the Sevens, Blackburn Sevens going on, getting another title, look, looking dominant in, in their sport. Uh, you've got Super Rugby, Aopiki, who I thought, you know, went went extremely well this year, and then you've got Farrah Palmer Cup. So are you, are you happy with, uh, you know, the depth in women's rugby in New Zealand. And for you, what are you looking for in, in these players when you are making your selections? Yeah, I suppose it's um, yeah, definitely growing. Um, mm. I know Bunce is in, you know, she's trying to get more and more, uh, you know, competitions and time with the with the girls to make it, you know, it's really hard with, with these athletes trying to work and whatnot and then also try and be a professional athlete and, I suppose it's just that shift that we can see with the sevens now with it being that central program and um, you know, that takes time. So I think, you know, this is again is something that's gonna gonna take a, a bit of time to get going. Um, and the challenge is just finding that depth and that pathway and opportunity for these skills to put their hands up and um, you know, be in a position where they can actually spend time as a as a full time athlete and see those shifts that we need throughout the year and not just in small comps. Yeah, my, what have those conversations been that uh, you and Alan have had with the rugby union? Because, uh, you know, having talked to a few of our Black Ferns players, there is, uh, while they love the Super Alpeki competition, I, I think there is a little bit of a feeling that it's not quite big enough. They they want to play more at that level. Yeah, from my understanding, I think, you know, we're trying to get more out of that in terms of that competition. Um, like, you know, you just see now with the, with the Six Nations stuff overseas and the competitions that they have, it's important that we, we you know, we stay close with that. Um, can't get behind. You know, they've had some quality competitions over there and overseas in Europe and whatnot. Um, 
and hopefully, you know, we can grow the game here with, you know, with more more time coaching them or more time within campaign to actually grow and learn and, and um, you know, just finding that depth and then, then what next. There's been, a, you know, a lot of talk, uh, I think, back, back to uh, when Wayne Smith took over the team uh, about female coaches in the environment as well um, and uh, about how coaching women can be different to coaching men. How have you found it so far? Have, have, have you noticed a difference? Have you had to change anything that you do? Can't spray them. Um, what's that? <laughs> Can't spray Can't them. Can't spray them, eh, you grump? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not trying to... Um, yeah, no, I actually haven't found too much different. You know, the girls are really good. Like, we had first sort of week and went a few weeks back and, you know, the willingness to learn, um, you know, the professionalism was awesome. Um, asked a lot of questions, uh, really, you know, really want to get into the game and, and understand the game better. Um, so it's, yeah, there's, there's, some, there's some differences, so it's a bit, bit noisy around the dinner table when the dinner comes out, but... Um, other than that, you know, I'm training an athlete. I'm not training a male or female. It's a rugby player who's trying to get better. Mm. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful answer. And just, you spoke about challenges uh, in one of your answers before. What are the challenges that you see to be able to continue on this momentum kind of where we've put a, a stake in the ground now? What do you see going forward to really evolve this game? Well, I know there's only a limited amount of test matches for the Black Ferns. Would you love to see more? Oh, it'd be great to have more. The challenges with with the competition, as you say, being being so short, probably the other challenges mm-hmm. around trying to get also within the hubs within New Zealand. You know, we've been, we've been pretty active around going to Christchurch, getting all those girls, um, having North Island sort of camps, and just being able to fit that in and, and regular touches mm-hmm. around training time and detail and and keeping an eye on you know eye on everyone that we're actually. We're heading in the right direction, and we're fit and strong, and, and we're growing our rugby. So it's just trying to find that time where we can get regular touches and make sure that we're growing the whole time. Um, it's pretty hard to, to keep an eye on everyone with, with, with all the girls being spread throughout the country. What about the difference between coaching, say, uh, you know, week in, week out, if you like, in an NPC type competition, or uh, versus uh, an, a national team where you've got to wait for your windows before you can coach? Um, is there a little bit of that? Do you get a bit of an itch that you need to scratch to, to you know, to be coaching uh-huh. week in, out, week out with a game on the horizon, <laughs> or how, how does that work for you as a coach? Yeah, well, that's no, all sort of started pretty pretty quick for me. Um, we're taking on this role, um, as I said, pretty excited to get into camp next week and have a really good quality week. Um, but yeah, we, we get around the, the girls throughout the week, so we're essentially coaching throughout the week. It's just not a game in the weekend, but um, you know, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. And, um, yeah, so we you know, had the Hamilton girls over to the Bay region yesterday and had more up in Auckland and then had. Wellington go down to Christchurch the week before, so it's just it's just trying to make it all work. Logistics can be a bit of a bit of a problem, but as you say, it is a little bit different. Um, not coaching week in week out with a game in the weekend, but it's about you know just for me, really growing our skills and fitness and ability to to move quickly and, and make good decisions and grow down over time. So hopefully those little touches can can enhance the ability for those guys to do that. Mate, there's a looming threat across the ditch with the NRLW 
couple of our big players have have made the the trip over overseas to play in the NRLW, which is a great competition. Is that something that worries you going forward to maybe attain the the depth that we've got at the at the moment? Yeah, I suppose it's all. I suppose it's in the men's game as well. Um, but yeah, I suppose that's obviously a threat. Um, but you know, we just have to make an environment and and a and a place where players want to play here um, and, and not see that as an option. But you know, like like anyone, everyone wants to sort of make some money and, and do that, and we can deal with that. And that's that's on us to to build depth and create competition within the squad and. Um, if it's something that you choose to do and it's better for yourself for your personal reasons and that's cool but um, you know we all know create an environment where we don't want to leave and we create something pretty special and um, you know there's always going to be that older athlete that wants to sort of head overseas and maybe get some cash before finishing up but you know every case is different and you know we can't just hold people back and you know if it's something that they want to do then that's cool. Mate you've secured your role with the Black Ferns and it's great to see but a couple of big roles have come up over the last couple of months. Were you itching? Were you thinking, scratching your head? Maybe. Mike Delaney, head coach of the Crusaders. Oh, no, mate. There's way too much work there. <laughs> uh, I don't know. No, no, no I'm, 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 you know, I'm still learning and, you know, it's, I'm in no rush to be in any of those kind of positions at the moment. You know, there's some really good people down there. Obviously, um, you know, I'm sure they'll be fine, and and all the other teams that seem to be um, creating positions. But no, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at at the moment, and um, you know, mm. I'm sure they're very well sorted in those areas, and it's pretty exciting, I suppose, for those coaches to get involved and, and step up and, and take on those you know, teams with a, a pretty good record. Beautiful, beautiful answer, mate. Proud of you. Love seeing you out there. Before we let you go. Have you cast? You've been casting your eye over the Super Rugby. What was that, mate? You having a little stab at me? Yeah, what do you got? No, you're all right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Chief Mana, bro. Chief Mana. Hey. Nah, nah. Hey, neutral line, man. But yeah, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting few weeks. Good to see a uh, bit of competition there. I hope you must be. Are you all right? Are you coping all right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm fine, mate. You got more teams in the NRL on your back, mate. You're Hollander, you're Chiefs, you're Crusaders. Are you sure you know who you're picking? <laughs> oh, mate, I couldn't kill you. Mike, I, I, I spent a bit of time in the, in, in the Mighty Bay in the 90s and did a bit of work for the for the union back then. Um, and so I kind of have a bit of blue and yellow, mate, a bit of blue and yellow. And, and you know, we both know oh, that... In, in, in Christchurch, you know, they only do their, their eggs one way, and that's poached like their players. Um, we lost Scott, we, we lost you, Jamie Nut Brown, Scott Robertson out of the out of the mighty bay over the years. What was what was so enticing to head down to Red and Black Country when you did? Oh, I was just hang out with Izzy. We're both we're both injured. <laughs> You need some of the fun as slugs in down there when I was there. <laughs> we had some fun, me and you, Mully. So I missed our times uh, after uh, in between trainings where we were lying on Mully's couch and we were like, oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have to? <laughs> Just having a good old time. Oh, oh, Mully's, skip. Appreciate your time, mate. 
Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, well done, and I'm, I'm very proud of you, mate. I think you're going to do a great job. Alan Bunting and co, you've got a great squad and a great coaching depth, and uh, good to hear your voice, brother. Thanks so much for joining us. Catch up, mate. See ya. Thanks a lot. See ya, Skip. There we go. Super boot Mike Delaney, as we used to call him in the Bayers. <laughs> oh, man, he was a phenomenal player. Mm. So good. And I remember he made his debut for the Crusaders, and I made my comeback from injury. We were playing the Sunwolves. And wow, I just watched him just tear the Sunwolves apart by himself. It's so good. He is like your mid 30s. He just and, read the uh, game still, so well, eh? Yeah, read the game really well. Really decisive. He had a really good mind, a great rugby mind. And what I loved about him, one of the reasons he come down, we had first fives, but probably young first fives, he come down and he just provided them with so much experience. He, the way he spoke in training and in meetings, you just sit back and you listen. This is Mully's. He only played one test, eh? One test. He was in a position that was hotly contested. Mm. But um, should have played more. Yeah. But, yeah. Good to hear my good friend. Mate, I'll tell you, I mean, if he had been born in any other country, he would have played out a lot more test rugby, you know. Mm. Um, I, I think that's yep. that, that's fair to say. Uh, keep your texts coming through too, double eight, double three. Our can't wait question of the day has been, given it's New Zealand Music Month, it's Neeps' last day. We've got some live music coming up in the studio later. Uh, what's the best gig you've ever been to? Double eight, double three, the Temper Bedpost text machine. Morena boys saw Motorhead in Napier in 1984. Unreal. Marcia, <laughs> you got your hearing back from that yet? Jeez, I, I, I saw Motorhead <laughs> at the town hall back in the early 90s and one of the loudest gigs I've ever been to. Uh, Scott and Tiddero. He, he says first gig twisted sister at the Logan Campbell Centre. I want to rock. What? We're not going to take Motorhead. it. I can't get past Motorhead. Oh. <laughs> and this one well, from James. Hurts. This one from James. I got to see the Foo Fighters live the day before the big day out in 2003 at a club off K Road. A full set with about wow. 300 people. Epic. I was at that show that was at Galatos and it was rammed. Like You, you literally couldn't move, but it was an epic, epic show. And they had Jazz Coleman from Foo Killing Fighters. Joke come out on the uh, at, at the end. They did a Killing Joke cover with Jazz Coleman too. Which was just absolute awesome. magic. Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah, it was fantastic. Keep yeah, your texts coming through on that double eight double three, double eight double three. The tip of bed post text machine. Uh, no Kempi, so no off the back fence. But got, I've got something I want to float uh, when it comes to rugby, mm. and I'm interested to get your take on this. As he will do that next. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. He's coming out swinging. <laughs> This is Ricardo Ball's Wrecking Ball. <laughs> oh, yes, it's not quite off the back fence, but I was thinking about this yesterday, Izzy, when uh, Kempi was talking about uh, where the state of where rugby is and the drop-off in players and things, and I was, I was talking to Gordon Simpson, who's uh, co-host of uh, Hurricane Valley here on SENZ on a... Uh, uh, Wednesday night, and he said, you know, he, he comes uh, from uh, Rosmini College, which is on the North Shore in Auckland, which has always been a big rugby school, and he said to me that uh, a couple of weeks ago that beginning of the year when they were taking registrations for what sport you wanted to be involved in, he said there was about 380 kids signed up for basketball, 70 signed up for rugby, right, and that's at a, that's at a big rugby school on the North Shore. That got me thinking. You know, we talk about the rugby clubs around New Zealand and how they're struggling because I can't remember who it was yesterday that said, but, you know, the, those those people, that generation, I guess you'd call them the boomers, that have come through their rugby clubs and are the volunteers and the lifeblood of those clubs, you know, they're starting to get to that age where they're not going to be around all the time. 
uh, because that rugby cut off now, the, the deal that was done between schools and New Zealand rugby a few years ago, that basically from under-13s through to about under-17s, under-18s, doesn't exist at club level anymore, right? Because they all have to play for the school. And that, I think, is what's killing our rugby clubs, right? Because if you have those kids playing 13, 14, 15 years old at their rugby clubs, they're there every weekend, they're there with their parents, they're there with their grandparents, and those are the people that are going to be the volunteers. Those are going to be the people that are putting money over the counter at the bar or at the tuck shop or any of those things, and those are the people that are going to keep those clubs alive. And the other thing is, you know, I mean, I know that most schools outside of the first 15, if you're not first 15, you're nothing, right? And and how much drop-off have you got there? You don't get that in clubs. Sure, you have your, your, your top sides and your other sides, but... Having a scenario, a, a culture, and a place uh, of belonging, like a club that has that has that, then you keep those kids where they're playing under eighty fives. When they where they just want to run around with their mates, you keep those kids involved. It's easy to drop off at school. Uh, if the club yeah. with the family's involved, it's easy to keep easier to keep them there. I reckon New Zealand rugby really need to look hard at what they do with schools and what they do with clubs and how that 13 to 18 demographic is looked after because I think it's failing not only that demographic but it's also failing the clubs. You're 100% right, uh, Rick Dog. Like, it's all about inclusiveness and, you know, the parents want their kids to be safe and kids want to feel safe. And at the moment, you've got different shapes and sizes that are playing in the same grade and these younger kids... They're not going to be want to be a part of that because they're just worried, they're scared, you know. Like it's just part and parcel. So we've got to come up with ideas and innovation from from schools. They've taken away inter club, like inter school rugby. It's all done internal. You know, I remember every Wednesday we used to travel to another school and take on another school, like a Rorika in, in Hawke's Bay. Like it was awesome. And so there was a lot of opportunities to play for your school in different grades. And then there was opportunities to play on Saturday with about 10 under-12 teams. So there was a lot of op- different opportunities for these kids. At the moment, they just don't have that. And that's because the numbers aren't there. And why aren't the numbers there? Because parents... And, you know, basketball is growing so much in this country. NBL, the AMBL, you know, the NBA. It is in our minds. It's on our TVs everywhere you look. So kids want to be a part of that. How do we continue to grow this? We've got to find ways to encourage these kids' safety to make sure that ensure that they are safe when they're when they're doing the sport, and uh, you've got to give them opportunities to be able to play with people their same size and their same ages. So it's the biggest question that we are fighting at the moment. How do we encourage the New Zealand rugby have gone out and they've done their under 85s competition, which I think is phenomenal. I love watching that, and I think it's got so much potential. But they need to continue that. And how do they continue that? Maybe evolving different leagues, different weight divisions, something different just to really encourage these players to go and play for their club. And, um, you know, the the, the Carisburg Pigs, they've been winning it for the last couple of years. It's been so good to watch. So I'm hearing what you're saying, mate. It's a big challenge that we're facing at the moment. Yeah, 100%. And I know Joe from Gizzy uh, wants to chip in with this one. Uh, welcome to the show, Joe. How's your Friday? Yeah, yeah, good, good. But overcast here in Gizzy, boys, so can't go for a dive today, but all good. Now, just uh, just listen to your your chat there, Rick Dog. I think uh, you're right to a point, but I think now in 2023, there's so many options that weren't around when I was a kid. I mean, I've got five kids, right? And they all play different sports, but boys don't want to play rugby anymore. You know, they don't want to come along to the club, the board of it. So they go and play things that their mates are playing. And because there's so much available now, I mean, new hockey turfs, you know, brand new yeah. basketball court, 
sport's more accessible, and then also people are a lot busier. So the club ethos is breaking down because, you know, you used to go to the club and that was it. Your dad played rugby, your mum played netball. Now, hockey, badminton, tennis, basketball, athletics, uh, surf life-saving, swimming club, all of a sudden, everything's pulled sideways, and that's right at the club at the club level and the school level, right? I've got kids who are playing like four different sports every term. You're paying for them to go away, and then you ask them which one they want to pursue. They don't know, but they want to play all of them to have a go, which you encourage as a parent. But we're, we're losing that base of rugby because there's so many options. And also, there's also, you know, the off-field distractions with the social medias, the place, the PlayStations. And kids today don't want to play sport, Rick. Thanks for your call, Joe. I was just going to react to that, um, Rick Dog. Should kids have to pay to play rugby? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so whatsoever. Like this, that's the a hurdle right there. Families are already struggling, and then they've got to go pay registration fees. Like, but get rid of that. That is a that is a roadblock then and there that is stopping these kids going and playing the game. If they're going to pay eighty bucks to play. Uh, rugby, why don't they just go pay 80 bucks to go get some new basketball shoes and go shoot at a hoop at school that's free? Well, that's the other thing, mate. Maybe clubs need to look to diversify. We see it a bit overseas, particularly in Europe, where you don't have a necessarily an out-and-out football club or an out-and-out rugby club. You have a sports club, mm. you know, like even Real Madrid and Barcelona have basketball programs. You know, so I mean, if you're if like what Joe's saying there, if you're uh, the uh, I don't know, if, if you're the Hastings Rugby Club, put in a put in a basketball court or not even a basketball court, just put in a three on three court with one hoop at one end, and have a couple of basketballs lying around. So when the kids come down with their parents to, for the rugby, they've got something else to do, and you you, you kind of include them and, and and give them a place to be and a place to come and mm. keep them involved in the club. It's some, certainly something to look at, and 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 it's an evolving space that needs uh, to continue to evolve. It is uh, twenty seven away from eight here on SENZ. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. Time for a catch-up with Araha and the latest in news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Araha. Time for Sports News Headlines. Thanks to Kennard's Hire. Too easy weekend, 25 away from eight. Uh, the future of the famous Wasps Rugby Club in England is in doubt after the Rugby Football Union confirmed it had withdrawn the licence for Wasps to continue to play in the league structure, meaning they will not compete wow. in the 23-24 championship. Bill Sweeney, the CEO of the RFU, said this is not the outcome anyone in rugby wanted and all those involved with the club will be de- deeply disappointed. Having gone into administration and then enforced relegation from the Premiership during the course of the season, Wasps were granted a route into England's second tier for the start of next season under new ownership, provided certain conditions were met. The RFU confirmed on Thursday these have not been satisfied, which means Wasps will now move to the bottom of the rugby union playing pyramid in England. And that is a a big historic club as EA. There's a lot of guys, I mean, that's the reason that Brad Shields is back at the Canes because of what happened there. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy to think like they were just one of the dominant powerhouses of world rugby, and now we're at this situation. Oh, it's scary times, Rick. It's scary times when you see a club with so much history that is 
just going under and just going to vanish. Yeah, just going to oh. disappear, disappear under the waves. Uh, no such uh, disappearing act for Mitchell Moses, though. The Eels star halfback has officially extended his contract with the club, ending months of conjecture and speculation. Been reported for weeks that Moses would elect to stay at the Eels. He himself has uh, said he's already agreed terms, despite a shaky start to 2023. The Eels have finally ended all that speculation over the 28-year-old's future, locking in a three-year extension that keeps him at the Eels until the at least the end of 2026. There's also a two-year option on that contract, which will see him remain in blue and gold until the end of 2028, which as an Eels fan, i got to say I'm pretty damn happy about. Uh, and finally, in some football news, Jurgen Klopp, has been punished for comments he made to the media about a referee Paul Tenney following Liverpool's dramatic 4-3 win over Tottenham at Anfield in April. He's also fined £75,000 and has a further one-match touchline ban suspended until the end of next season. Liverpool boss Jurgen Klopp has been suspended from the touchline for this Saturday's match against Aston Villa. Klopp was uh, responding to questions about the yellow card he received from Paul Tenney after running to celebrate in the face of the fourth official John Brooks. We of our history with Tierney. I really don't know what is what this man has against us, but there has to be a problem that cannot be true. So uh, you can clock getting punished for, we talked about hands on the officials. I don't know if you saw this, is he? But he literally ran from the dugout into the fourth mm. official's face to celebrate the winning goal on the sideline. Oh <laughs> and he's the, mo- he's the manager. He's not even one of the players. <laughs> what a leader. What an example you set for everyone out there. Hell, £75,000? Yeah, ah, change for him. Yeah, mate, drop in the bucket. Just eh? change, isn't it? Drop in the bucket. Uh, Kennard's uh, higher, too easy weekend. Two days higher for the price of one visit a brunch today. T's and C's apply. Those are your sports news headlines. We're going to catch up with George Harper Jr. shortly, and we're going to talk golf. The PGA Championship is uh, well underway, the first round, and uh, it's been some great success for Kiwi Ryan Fox. We'll find out more about that next here on SENZ. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. 16 away from 8 here on SENZ. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. And a couple of uh, pieces of news before we get to George Harper Jr. Uh, to talk some golf. Uh, former Silver Ferns shooter Bailey Mez has called time on her netball career, stepping away from the game wow. at all levels. The 2019 World Champions announced her retirement from all netball will play her final game when the uh, Waikato Bay of Plenty Magic meet the uh, Southern Steel uh, this Sunday, in round 12 of the ANZ Premiership. She said she uh, has achieved all she wants to on the netball court and is at peace with her decision, knowing it's the right time for me. She gave a lot. Been a big part of that netball scene for a long time, is he? Huge part. Bailey Mears, yeah. She's been a big part of that Silver Fern success over the last couple of years. And uh, it's a sad thing about sport. Um, you know, you spoke about Rafael Nadal. They just bring us so much entertainment and so much joy. You never want it to end, you know. You think of the... the players I've played with and players that have donned the league jerseys over the year that were rattling off yesterday with Liam Hauser and and the Immortals Origins Mm. book like time entertainment but time it just slowly eats away and these great players that have given us so much over the years have got to hang up their their chosen sport so um, Bailey Mess will go down as one of those those legends mate and uh, yeah appreciate it. Yeah, we wish her all the best in whatever comes next. And uh, uh, it's, it's not hanging up the boots, but Brad Webber has confirmed that this year is his last year playing rugby in New Zealand. He uh, hasn't said where he's going to, but he is moving to Europe at the end of this year. He said it's with a heavy heart that I confirmed that this season will be my last at well, the Chiefs. Well, it's France. 
It's France, a team that has meant <laughs> so much to me and so the family over the, the last 10 years. And uh, he's also um, doing a big drive for that uh, Hawks Bay Cyclone Relief Fund as well, as he's got to give a little page. Uh, just search Brad Webber's Hawks Bay Cyclone Relief Fundraiser. He's um, he's going to continue to uh, to drive that through the rest of the season with the Chiefs as well. Bang, yeah. He'll go down as one of the one of the greats there for Chiefs Rugby. Played a lot for Hawks Bay as well. He went away to Waikato and uh, donned that jersey. And I'll never forget when he was playing for Waikato and he took the Ramfilly Shield off us in 2015 and took it back to Waikato. And then what did he do? He signed for Hawks Bay. So he had to go play for Hawks Bay and get the Shield back. That'll be one of my biggest memories for Brad Weber, but an absolute champion, and no matter where he goes, I'm sure he's going to perform over there as well. But just just on your um, your little, you know, Rick Dog say earlier mm. on, um, Rick Dog, $150 per kid for rugby. Yeah. See that is a that is a that is a hurdle right there. It's a lot of coin, bucks eh? for your kids to go and play a game that they love, mate. I can get the same amount of enjoyment playing my brothers in the backyard for free. I know there's a lot of these clubs. Look, I I just hope that money goes to the right places, but with the club struggling so much, it's not. And a lot of these clubs have to do a lot of their own fundraising. I know for my son's team, they got given uh, boxes of chocolates. And forgive me, none of them have been sold. I bought them and I've eaten them. But, um, you know, they've got to have to raise a lot of their money themselves. So... There you go. Just just a big hurdle there. And someone's come through and says, Ricardo, you need to be running NZRFU. I've been involved in this level of rugby for 30 years. Our drop-off can be directly tagged to the school. No club. It's been a massive. It's been massive. They just don't come back. That is from PJ. And it's, it's, it's alignment with your school to a club. That is important. But it's also your, your family heritage, your roots, you know. We are Napier Colenso Pirates through and through back in the Hawks Bay and there was no opportunity for me to go for play for any other club because my granddad was a life member and that's just our family club. So, but now we're, we're just not seeing it. We're not seeing it at all. So, it's a big challenge that they're facing, Rick. Maybe you should get in there. Maybe. Walk down the hallway, mate. Yeah, well, actually, I bummed into Mark Robinson yesterday. I went, I walked down the hallway to go to the bathroom and he was leaning on the wall across the hall on the phone, said hello as we walked past. So, I'll, I'll have a word. I'll have a word next time I see him leaning outside the toilets. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually it's actually brilliant. <laughs> uh, he, uh, we're not having any joy with uh, George Harper Jr. I, when I messaged him last night, uh, he said he was on the tee at Royal St George's in Kent, and um, he uh, is uh, not picking up at the moment. So maybe he's stuck at the nineteenth hole. He might be stuck at the nineteenth hole. But here's an update for you. This is what the leaderboard looks like. We've got a four-way tie at the top. Scotty Scheffler. Corey Connors, Keegan Bradley, and Bryson DeChambeau are all three under. Bradley and DeChambeau have four holes to play. And then tied for fifth at the moment is our own Ryan Fox. He's in the clubhouse at two under, tied with Victor Hovland and Sepp Straka as well. So definitely in the mix um, there, is he? So uh, it's been a good a good round for Foxy. It's a challenging course. It's a Really challenging course, and I was just doing some reading on it. You just got to be straight off the tee. You've got to be straight. You can't be erratic. The, the 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 rough is really thick. It's you can you can get you know some some leeway out of the rough, but if it, if the conditions change and it's windy over there at Oak Hill, 
it makes it very difficult to, to get to. You've got to be good around the greens. You've got to have a solid... It's like every major. You've just got to be on. And um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Like These are low scores. Mm. Traditionally in the PGA, they kind of matched to the PGA events throughout the year, so they're relatively easy. You watched that, the last one, Jason Day, 23 under was the win. Now, these ones now, with this, this course, it's only three under. So scoring is going to be difficult. Man, I'm looking forward to just parking up over the weekend and watching this play. Now, you were on Colin Morikawa. He's tied for 41 at the moment, one over, but that's certainly not out of the Did he of drop the one? He dropped he one. He dropped two shots. He got to one under. Yeah, now he finished one over. Oh, uh, and he's tied with uh, Rory McIlroy, who was also one over. And this is Rory McIlroy's home course. This is where he plays when he's in the, in the States. It's, that's where he's registered as well. So, yep. And now, you know our, our Pundits Club that we've got here at SCNZ? It's my turn to put on a multi this week. I had Rory finishing top 10. You might be right. You might be right. It was always going to be challenging for Rory. Like, he has been struggling. You know he's struggling when you've got to go ask the one and only Tiger for a bit of help on his swing. And he's tired. He's got a lot going on. He's got a young family. You know the challenges of that, Ricardo. But mm. I don't know. Like, this is, this, I thought Rory had turned a corner. But now we're just back at a similar situation with Rory struggling and now I'm starting to wonder if, you know, if Jason Day can do it, Rory can do it. But if he's ever going to get some success and win a title again, man, I've 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 got a sweepstakes for my Wednesday golf group, and I've gone Dustin Johnston and Johnson and Rory McIlroy. So I need a bit of help. <laughs> need a lot of help. We're going to be talking to one of your golf buddies uh, after eight o'clock. Um, bloke by the name of Kieran Reid, who's has uh, been around for a while, uh, played a bit of golf as well. George Harper Jr. has sent me a number. We'll see if we can get, catch up with him in the next hour. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to announce our prize pack winner for the Chemist Warehouse Mayhem prize pack valued at $200, thanks to Chemist Warehouse and their friends at Swiss. Keep your tips coming through. You've got five minutes to get in that draw. Our can't wait question of the day was around the best live gig you have ever seen. Tied into New Zealand Music Month, Neep's last day, and the fact that we're going to have some live music in the studio for you at the end of the show. We're three away from eight o'clock here on SENZ. It is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on Kempi this morning. So it's uh, you got Ricardo and Izzy. I uh, had a text through somebody asking how Steve Elker's getting on because we hadn't mentioned him for a while. Unfortunately, not a great day for Steve Elker. He's uh, finished 10 over, Izzy. Uh, I think he's tied for 117th or something. So, yeah, not a great day for Steve. Not a great day for Steve. That's why we didn't want to mention him. Yeah. 10 over and uh, it's going to be difficult to come back from that but hey golf's a funny game and I was just having a wee look Dustin Johnson is, hasn't teed off yet well, he probably has now he teed off at 7.37am right. I haven't seen it on my live update so no. watch him we'll keep he an eye out for that yeah he might heat up might heat up so uh, yeah keep your texts rolling through uh, as well because uh, we want to talk about our can't wait question of the day the, the best gig you've seen live uh, given that it's Neeps' last day he's all about the music we've got live music in studio later on this hour and uh, we're also uh, going to 
Um, it's also New Zealand Music Month, right? So a great way to celebrate that. Uh, we've got this prize pack up for grabs thanks to Chemist Warehouse. It is a Chemist Warehouse Mayhem prize pack valued at $200 thanks to Chemist Warehouse and their friends at Swiss. Uh, Chris ran close because he texted through my band saying he'd seen them a few times, but I thought that might be a bit... Uh, bit of nepotism there, uh, <laughs> he? so we leave him out. But I don't know if we can top this. Uh, you talk about dropping names. How's this? Richard texted through. I saw Queen in Madrid in 1986. Freddie's oh. third to last ever concert with them. Great viewers. Spanish oh. people are quite short. Oh, <laughs> that would have been one for the ages. <laughs> Queen, Freddie Merck. Oh. oh. Man, that would have been so... Oh, look, I, I love that movie. Bohemian Rhapsody and watching it and Freddie Mercury, the master. Absolutely superb. Oof. It was one of, one of my earliest oh. uh, memories of music as a kid is he was going around to a mate's place and having, uh, you know, we, we did basically sleeping bags in the lounge. There was about four of us and we sat at... We, we tried to sit up all night. We were about 12 to watch Live Aid back in 1986. Queen played at that and... Uh, that was just a, a superb, superb evening uh, back in the day when I was a when I was a young fella. Congratulations, Richard. We'll get in touch. Uh, that Chemist Warehouse Mayhem prize pack valued at two hundred dollars, thanks to the Chemist Warehouse and their friends at Swiss, is all yours. Uh, coming up, Kieran Reed's going to join us. We're going to ask him about his golf game and how much of a shark Izzy is on the course. It's uh, raining. Might- we might, we, might, we might even talk rugby. Uh, so all of that to come. Here's Araha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. It's four past eight here on your Friday morning on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ. Morena to you if you have just joined in. Coming up this hour, we're going to catch up with former All Black captain Kieran Reid, Izzy's golfing partner as well. We're going to talk Super Rugby and golf uh, with him. Probably more golf uh, and and bad, <laughs> bad chat than anything else, I would imagine. Izzy, if you got anything to do with it, that's raining. That's it's raining, rain. but uh, I'm going to have to make the call soon. But um, I don't know if these boys will play on the rain. Oh, come on. You can't tell me that Kieran Reid and Richie McCall would pull out a game of golf because of rain. Well, I'm going to play on the rain, but I just, I'll put, we'll put it to them live on air, won't we? We will. We will. We'll do okay. that shortly. We're also going to have Sam Cullen coming in, who's a good mate of Napier's. He's going to play a song live for us uh, before the end of the show as well on Neat's last day here with the team uh, working out of the kitchen. We've got our choices flooring pole to do as well. Ryan Fox. He got off to a strong start at the PGA Championship. It had us dreaming. He was leading for a while. He's now currently tied for third. Uh, but what title would you love to see a Kiwi win? So here are your options. The choices flooring pole, choices flooring spaces for living catalogue sale on now. Would you write to see Stephen Adams or another Kiwi win the NBA Finals? Would you want to see Liam Lawson or someone win the F1 Drivers' Championship? Would you like to see Joe Ooh. Parker or another Kiwi heavyweight get the Unified Heavyweight Boxing World Championship? Or would you want to, is it Foxy and a golfing major? Let us know. You can head over to the SEN app, uh, click on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast and vote there. View Choices Flooring's online magazine with over 100 inspiring pages at choicesflooring.com. Uh, what Out of those four, where are you, Is? 
Oh, I've seen the major of Mark Campbell, um, but I'd love to see Foxy get it. But for me, it'd have to be um, the boxing. I'd love to see us with a unified heavyweight boxing world champion. I think that would be something to to really inspire the next generation. So, yeah, I, I'd go with boxing for that one, bud. Yeah, nice. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, now Crusaders fans will be feeling pretty confident that their team's title hopes are back on track following the Chiefs' upset loss against the Reds last weekend. They'll have to be careful, though, that the same fate doesn't befall them when they face Moana Pacifica tonight in Auckland. <laughs> the defending champs will be missing a number of their key players, including Richie Moanga and David Harveli, who are both out as part of All Blacks' rest management program. Kieran Reid knows how frustrating it can be for teams, and he's with us on the line this morning to preview an interesting slate of super- Super Rugby Games, and give us the uh, skinny on what it's like to play golf with. Izzy, morning, Rito. How you doing? <laughs> hey, good morning. How are we going, guys? Yeah, good, mate. It's a bit wet out. Izzy's, Izzy, Izzy's concerned you might pull plug. Mate, yeah, I'm, I'm not that kind of fair weather golfer 100%. <laughs> it's a bit wet for me. <laughs> Told you, Rick. Told you they'll pull out. Doesn't mind, doesn't mind tucking the ball under the wing and running at a South African Ford pack, but as soon as it starts raining, he's like, no, nah, I'm going to put my feet up. Yeah, 100%. Eh? <laughs> uh, quality. Uh, Kieran, uh, mate, what have you made uh, this season of the Chiefs? Because they have been going great guns under Clayton McMillan. Was there any point uh, with the red and black ru- black running in your veins that you started to worry about uh, a, a final title for, for Scotty Robertson? Oh, mate, they've been they've been outstanding, eh, the Chiefs? They've been, they've been awesome, I think. You know, it reminds me a little bit of those years, you know, 10 years ago when, when they kept up sitting mm. us and – Taking us over in the semi-finals here, twelve and thirteen. So, like, it looks like they've just got a real strong culture. They've got a real strong bond together, which I think makes the Chiefs dangerous. Um, you know, so they're in that form, and the big boys who have been around for a wee while as well are stepping up. So, like the likes of Retallick, Weber, um, Kano, and, and things. So, look, they're they're a great team. The other guy in there that I think who for me has played really well is um, Summerpenny Fina. I think he's been a great addition mm. at playing blindside for them. He's he's looked like to me like he, he's a, got a real future. He used to play fullback. I was hearing every day he's down the outside yeah. backs and they've moved him in into the, yeah. t- into the loose fullback. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> he would be. You wouldn't want to be catching him one on one. But uh, hey, mate. Um, obviously a big week week weekend of, of rugby. We've got the Hurricanes taking on the Chiefs. Look, I want to get your thoughts on the Hurricane situation. They've rested three of the key players, Lomax, Barrett and Savia. You've been on both sides of a build-up to a World Cup. You've been a player, now you're you know, from the from the other side, now you're looking on as a, as a fan and, and you're enjoying the game. So what do you make of this, this situation that's taken place? Is it needed, like knowing what's on offer at the end of the year? What do you, what do you put it down to? Yeah, look, I think, um, you know, in terms of the boys' bodies, I think you have to be, be aware of what they're going through. Um, you can't just keep yeah. wheeling them out every week. I, I think mm. we do have to be smart, and I guess the, the main thing is that World Cup title at the end of the year. And You know, for the likes of those boys, if they're, you know, maybe a game too many when they get to a semi or a final or quarter yeah. end of the year, we'd, we'd be gutted, you know. So, look, I think it's you've got to have that open approach. Um, mm. I, I would have... Hopefully, think the Hurricanes could have been a bit smarter. <laughs> you wouldn't have thought they would be resting them against the Chiefs, but um, you know because it's a pretty big game. So you know maybe they could have done it a different way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's an interesting call. Interesting call. All right, mate. Hey, yeah. Uh, on the on the Hurricanes, uh, 
this this is kind of all black adjacent, but given that your opposition was number eight, I've always thought that Artie was just when it comes to playing the bigger teams in, in the in world rugby, like the the, the box and the palms and the French, uh, that maybe he's not quite big enough as an eight at that level, um, and that we need a body like I don't know a Cullen Grace or a Hoskins Satudu. Uh, where are you on, uh, on that? Um, you know. Uh, situation. Yep. I mean, yep. do, you, do you think you can play there against other teams, but you just need to look at that against those bigger bigger sides? Yeah, look, I think he, he's a number eight. I think that's, you know, um, moving forward. I think he's outstanding in that position. I, you know, it's just how you how you deliver that position, you know? Like, so if you've got Artie there and perhaps you've got Dalton and Sam, um, you know, we're, we're pretty small on the line-out, so we're just going to have to adapt and maybe might look at springing in as you say, a Cullen or someone who's got a bit more height onto the blind side. But, um, you know, I think Artie's our number eight. And, and it's not necessarily a, a one-on-one match-up when you play against those guys. It's, it's the mix that you need to get right. Um, so getting our loose trio right. And Artie's obviously one of them who needs to be on there. Um, wherever he's playing number eight, I, I really enjoy him there because he can hopefully be utilised off the back of the scrum a bit more. Um, but he might, you know, potentially from what I used to do, I was more of a jumping number eight, maybe around the field a bit more. Rosati's probably hunts the ball, um, you know, tries to pick and go and maybe has impacts in different ways. Um, so it's just a different way of doing it, um, which, which I quite like. I just want to ask you a question about the World Cups. You've been a part of two successful World Cups and you've been a part of one where you, you just fell short at the final hurdle. If you look back to, to those years when, when it's been a World Cup year and then you've got to the tournament, is there differences or things that you've really thought about in terms of being able to win the event and when you're falling short, things that really need to go your way, the makeup of the squad and, and the kind of the, the culture that is built within? Yeah, mate, like I guess looking back, there's a couple of things you'd look at, but I think throughout the year, I think most of the time we're set up for all three to, to go and be successful. Um, mm. You know, even in 19, we're set up really well. I think um, most guys are in a good space, just a couple of injuries, um, but, yeah, uh, it really comes down to probably just the one-off game, which which is what World Cups are about, you know. Like, um, and it's yeah. probably what's going to happen this year as well. You know, we're going to get to a quarterfinal, and it's going to be okay. This, this is our one week; we've got to get right. Um, and so, hopefully, the lessons and the desire and everything's right there for the boys to go. Yeah, this is our this is our week to step up, and you know, I'm fairly confident they'll be in that space. Um, and you know, the boys will will, will do the job, but um, you know, it's. I think right now it's probably not too much thinking. It's in the back of the guys' minds, but they'll just be worried about playing footy and trying to get some some good form under the belt. Eh? We've seen, um, you know, coming into this, the, the the way that the draw's been done. Obviously, World Rugby do the draw about two years out, and it, and that's meant that we've got like yeah. the top five sides in the world all on the same side of the draw. It's been something the All Blacks have had to deal with before is, you know, being, you know, for a long time we were the best team in the world three years out of every four and just never fell on a World Cup year, unfortunately for us. I'm wondering, looking at it, do you think that might be the case for the Irish this time around? Are they, are they do you think, just nearing the end of that cycle of, of those players at the top level? Yeah, I think, you know, they're deservedly number one and, and um, mm. favourites, but it does hinge, you know, a lot on Johnny Sexton. Like, he, <laughs> he is the talisman. He's the only guy who kind of, puts him in great areas of the field. Like he is a freakish talent and, and player. So, um, you know, he's obviously been injured right now. He's been out for a couple of months. I'm not sure when he's back, but he's obviously back before World Cup, but he won't have as much rugby under his belt. Um, you know, so that that hinges a lot on them, and um, teams know what they're doing. I think um, 
Ireland are very structured and know what they what they what they do and they do it really well. Um, so if you get a good plan and, and go up against them with the right mindset, I think you've got a chance to knock them over. But it makes a hell of a side of the draw, doesn't it, with South Africa and there, even Scotland. I think Scotland are probably an underdog that could have a big upset mm. there in that pool. So I wouldn't be surprised if they find a way to go through, um, which would be interesting. Oh, mate, I can't wait. Can't wait. Couldn't come around any sooner. And uh, we've got the live broadcast here on SCNZ. We'll be calling all the games. So looking forward to it, Rito. When you think of that squad, I know we're looking way ahead for that squad. <laughs> Where yeah, are yeah. the challenges for Foster in terms of selections? Oh, man, there's some big challenges. Like, I think um, loose forwards are uh, challenging. Um, mm. I think you've got. Dalton, Sam, Kane, and Artie are locked in. Um, mm. Not necessarily all playing or starting. Um, and then you've, yeah, the, the, the second number eight, the, the other guys have, have got a lot to play for. Um, and probably the outside backs, or outside backs, I think, is pretty, um, you know, open as well. You know, like that's just how it is. And I think, um, you know, let's get that bolter in there. Um, you know, which I think will be great. It, it's something that yeah. guys haven't seen around the world, you know, and, um, mm. you know, have not used to defending. So, um, you know, it could be a good option. Will Jordan, um, mm. yeah, great to see him back on the field because I think he's a big part to play in our success later in the year. Just, yeah, on, on the bolter side of things, um, Rito, you, you've been with the bolter. I was talking about the fullback position uh, and the outside backs in particular. I know... From previous years, we've always had a bolter, someone that's unpredictable, someone that can just create something out of nothing. But you've you've uh, provided a lot of experience around him, so when those tough yeah. moments come through, do you, do you think that's part of the thought process as well when you're selecting those outside backs? Yeah, I think so. I think um, you know, in the outside backs, it is you know you you know more than me around it, but you know. Mm. It, the pressure comes on in different ways, eh? It's, it's not a relentless mm. pressure, but you've got plenty of time maybe to sit in your head. So sometimes the young fellas don't don't think too much, you know? Like, they're just they're <laughs> good because they don't have any of these extra baggage that they're carrying, you know? So um, yeah. it gives them an opportunity just to go out and play and, and showcase what they've got. So, um, you know, the Chiefs winger, Manawa, is it? Yeah, he's um, he's the one for me that's looking pretty solid. Like, it was like a Severice in oh, 19 yeah. Milner Scudder and the Holo and 15, you know, like, so, um, yeah, kind of come out and can add a lot to a, to a team just by being different, you know, and being fresh. Mm. Beautiful. Rito, we've seen Ethan Blackadder make a real impact when he's been fit. Unfortunately, that hasn't probably been enough for the Crusaders the last two years. But where do you reckon his best position is? Because we've seen him play seven and impress. We've seen him play six and absolutely destroy people. Uh, where do you reckon his best position is? Yeah, I think Ethan's a six. I, 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 you know, um, if you play him at seven, I think you've got to have some, you know, you've got to have the combo around him that can hunt the ball a bit more on in things. Um, so I play him at six. I think, as you said, he's a he's a beast. He's someone that gets fit. Hopefully, he's playing next week for the Crusaders. Um, you know, he he puts himself right back in the picture and just purely right where he plays and and probably another guy who's carrying no baggage. Um, you know, like he, he's someone that. He, he doesn't care what happened last week or what's coming up. He's just going, I'm going to fill out this game here. And I think that's probably, you know, going to be really beneficial for the All Blacks potentially later in the year. So, um, you know, someone to keep an eye on. 
Beautiful, Rita. We, pre- we appreciate all your gravy this morning, mate. Uh, we've, I can't wait, Christian, today. You're a bit of a punk rocker. We've got some live music in the studio coming up with Neeps and his mate Sam Cullen. It is New Zealand Music Month. You've been to yeah, plenty of concerts. What is the best concert you've ever been to? Oh, man, it's been some great concerts. A few big day outs have been awesome. Um, I think... Okay, let's go. Okay, one of my first concerts was LMNOP in the Roadhouse, the Stampede Bar. And bloody <laughs> oh, what a venue <laughs> that is. I, I've been there many a time, Rito. Oh, yeah. yeah great venue. Great venue. Um, you get to try and find your way in and get out of there quickly, though. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong there, mate. You're not wrong there. Hey, uh, I know you're supposed to be playing uh, golf with Izzy and uh, and a couple of others today, mate. Um, if if it's not too wet for you, uh, but who uh, out of he's out, not playing. <laughs> <laughs> out of all the out of all the blows you've played with in the Satyrs days and the and the All Blacks days, who's the most likely to snake their uh, uh, to to snake their handicap so they can beat you on a ten dollar a hole game? <laughs> uh, yeah, true. Um, okay, let me think. Um, well, we'd we'd try and snake Izzy because we know how bloody good he is, um, so we'd never <laughs> let him get away with it. I think it'd be it would definitely be someone who says it'd be like an Andy Ellis. Um, he he would yeah. he'd play enough golf. That, you know he's a pretty handy, pretty handy player and got a good eye. Um, but he's oh no handicap. And, yeah, and try and get off of the twenty four, whatever. So um, yeah, it'd be him. It's a hundred percent him, Rita. We know Andy, the most competitive bugger ever. But he'll do oh, anything yeah. to cheat his way to a win. Of course he would. Yep. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Awesome, mate. Good stuff, Rita. Really appreciate, really appreciate your time, brother. And uh, yeah, pack the umbrella, eh? Yeah, mate. All right. All right. Have a great weekend. Kieran Reid there with us on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. It's 8.25 here on SENZ, Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. We didn't get to him earlier, but uh, we've managed to track him down. Uh, he has been playing at the Royal St. George today in Kent. Uh, George Harper Jr., oh, golf commentator, presenter, pretty much a professional golfer, just as a player on the tour. He's like one of those, you know those, there are those surfers that don't actually compete in any surfing events. They just get sponsored to go around and look cool and, sur- and, and, yeah. and just surf That's all the spots. That's what George does, but with golf courses. Uh, g'day, George. How you doing, Brad? Yeah, good evening from the UK and good morning, uh, New Zealand. You, you sum it up pretty well, I guess. Uh, the technical version of a professional golfer is getting paid to play <laughs> golf, and I just got paid to shoot about 100 at one of the toughest <laughs> open venues. So uh, it was a great day out. <laughs> oh, harps, harps, harps. Good to hear your voice, my friend. Love seeing you playing all these amazing golf courses. <laughs> But you're always casting your eye over tournaments, mate. We've got the PGA. Foxy is in contention. How exciting, Dagger. Yeah, it's always good to see <laughs> Big Foxy. Obviously, um, coming fresh off another child, so uh, that must be helping him mm. through. Um, he's rushed over to the PGA, and um, and what a round. Two under past 70. He'll be a bit hurt by his bogey on the 17th, but... Um, how rough does it look out there? If you miss those fairways, you're going to get eaten alive. But um, we can actually see Big Foxy on tally right now, smiling ear to ear, talking through a great round. So, mate, I'm sure everyone in New Zealand will be tuning in just that little bit more now. Yeah, I mean, great to see him. Unfortunately, it didn't go so well for Steve Elker today, mate. But, I mean, you, as, as he said, you, you've played a lot of these courses. Have you played Oak Hill in New York? Uh, what's it like? 
haven't got the chance to play Oak Hill, but like if you look back to 2011 and Dagger, I don't want to get you you too excited about 2011. We all know how good that year was. <laughs> um, but but Keegan Keegan Bradley, you know, he's got some good memory. He's he's been up the top of the leaderboard um, at the moment. So it's obviously a course where if you if you know it well, you can perform at a high level, which is interesting to see. But um, look, these these American courses, I've seen a few of them in the flesh, and everything looks so intimidating. The likes of your Pebble Beaches, the greens are so small, the rough so thick, um, so it is a, a real challenge. And yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, see if the cream rises to the top. Yeah, Keegan Bradley, he's uh, obviously having a solid round, seen him near the top of the leaderboard. But if you've got a smoky for this tournament, who's your smoky to come out of nowhere and just really surprise us? Oh, I had a I had a random smoky, uh, Dagger. You know I'm not afraid to to put my money where my mouth is every now and then. <laughs> um, but I had Wyndham Clark. <laughs> I, <laughs> I had Wyndham Clark painted about seventy to one. Um, he's a he's one of the the best putters I've ever seen. I actually got a putting clinic from him when I was over in Arizona a few years back, and the bloke just doesn't miss from inside eight feet, which is pretty impressive. Uh, and he won not long ago as well. Um, so looking forward to seeing how he goes. But mate, it's smoky. Is everyone pretty excited to see Big Bryson up there, the big fella? Um, absolutely loving it again. So it's intriguing. It's intriguing. Hey. Just, just quickly. I hope you didn't put plenty on him. He's seven over. <laughs> yeah, look, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to have a few horses in the race. That's for sure. Um, but um, no, that's right. I was just, I'm more interested in punting on you three putting most of these greens if you were there. <laughs> <laughs> hey George, uh, we, uh, as he's riding the the Colin Morikawa um, uh, stallion home, uh, he, he's won over uh, after the first round, tied for forty third with Rory McIlroy, who I've got in a in a uh, in a multi as well uh, to finish top ten. What do you reckon the chances are? Yeah, I love that. It's funny you say that because I'm actually staying in the hotel where Colin Morikawa won the Open Championship in 2021. And as a matter of fact, he actually kicked me out of my bedroom. Uh, he didn't like his previous hotel, uh, and he decided I want to come to the lodge. And so he ousted me, um, got absolutely <laughs> stitched up, and then he went on to win the Open. Um, so I'm back where I belong in my original room, and I can just smell the, the scent of Colin Morikawa in the Claret Jug. It's fantastic. Um, but but I just really hope really hope Big Roars gets gets a roll on. Uh, anytime Roars can teach in my my love of the game and the the amount I tune in really rockets through the roof. We've got Bryson DeChambeau leading currently four under. Scotty Scheffler, Corey Connors, uh, Keegan Bradley at three under, and then Foxy tied for fifth at two under, as we already mentioned, mate. Uh, we saw at the Masters uh, the likes of Brooks Kepka and some of those live guys uh, go pretty well until the fourth round, and then they kind of fell over a bit. Is there anybody out of live that you reckon is going to make a charge here? Um, look, it's so hard to judge, isn't it? Like When you come to these big courses, this is so different to what they play on those tours so I'd be surprised if a, if a live golfer could hold on on a championship course like this obviously Bryson's right up there and you can see he's got really real strength out of the rough to muscle it and if you've got a bit of extra distance it always helps when you're playing from the rough with your approach shots but 
Like I can't really see many of them many of them popping back up this week. Obviously, a few people were punting on Brooks this week, but um, I'm pretty I'm pretty confident that the longevity and the, the cream will rise to the top. And as you can see, Scotty Scheffler, he's anywhere near it at the moment. He just seems to keep on charging, doesn't he? He does, mate. He does. Do you think there's going to be a long-term impact for those live guys playing three rounds instead of four when it comes to championship games? Oh, it's just just match fitness, isn't it? Mm. Just match fitness. It's, uh... <laughs> Sorry, no, that should have been your like question, Izzy, it. obviously. Yeah, that's yours area of expertise. <laughs> no, we, know, we, know, we know what type of fitness Harper is into. That's that 19th hole. He'll be really fit there. Hey, Harps. <laughs> well, I am making this call from about three metres away from the 19th. Uh, and I'm probably going to pour myself a nice cold Guinness after this phone call to calm me down because... You know, this interview is stressful stuff. <laughs> well, George, we wouldn't want to stress you out, mate. And we know as a high-performance athlete, it's important to stay hydrated. So we won't keep you away from that Guinness any longer, mate. Appreciate your time, man. Uh, and Cheers, uh, thank Hubs. you. Enjoy the rest of the PGA Championship. Yeah, yeah. look forward to it. And uh, let's really get around Foxy. What a story it would be to, to join the likes of Cambo. So Bob Charles is a yeah. major champion. So He's flying that flag well, the big fella. So, uh, yeah, good luck to him and uh, enjoy the weekend, Jen. Yeah, will do, mate. You too. Well Cheers. said. Well said. Uh, George Harper Jr. there uh, with us. Uh, time, though, now for Araha with news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand 28 away from nine. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, your real house of fragrance. Uh, time for our Choices Flooring Poll result as well, Izzy. And uh, you said uh, you wanted to see... Um, a uh, New Zealand boxer win the Unified Heavyweight Boxing Championship. The flooring pole was, with Foxy getting off to, to such a great start at the PGA Championship, which title would you love to see a Kiwi win most? The NBA Finals, the F1 Drivers' Championship, Unified Heavyweight Boxing Championship, or a golfing major? The results are in. And the motorsport wins. 40% gone for an F1 Oof. Drivers' Championship, 30% to a golfing major, 20% to the boxing, and 10% to the NBA's final. That is your choices flooring poll result. Izzy, what'd you make of that? Yeah, mate, it makes sense. Makes sense. We've got some talent coming through in the F1 ranks. Uh, young kid down here, Louis Sharp, and then you've got the Carlin Racing that's uh, gaining some traction for the big backer down here, and uh, Liam Lawson potentially going to get an opportunity to race at Red Bull with their, uh, the driver for Red Bull is under so much pressure, Alpha Tauri driver um yeah makes sense absolutely love it cheers for that rick dog it's time to catch up with pip morris bet live in your favorite sports download the tab app today morning pip how was your mother's day morning that is it was really nice thank you i did get my burnt toast in bed with a, a nice coffee and relax <laughs> with the kids for the day <laughs> nice oh nothing like good old burnt toast i burn my daughter's toast she's burnt and then i just scrape it off nah gotta start again but anyway we do our best to try hey you'll be happy panthers they are back I'm, on a wee bit of a run yeah they certainly are is it so nice to see i mean they might struggle a little bit when they go away for origin a couple of our key players but it's mm. good to see them uh, not slipping down that ladder too much i still think they've got it there to be in that top four this year Beautiful, beautiful. What have you got for us today? 
Uh, we'll talk about the NRL since you mentioned that the Roosters are 5,000 put on them head to head at a dollar forty-three. Don't they need the win up against the Dragons who also need the win? Six hundred dollars also on the Roosters, thirteen or more at two sixty. As far as the Super Rugby goes, there's been one point three put on the Crusaders at a dollar eighteen to get the head to head match. Will Jordan first, second or third try scorer and the Crusaders win by twenty-one or more at six dollars is the most popular power play. And then the other game, the match result betting on the Blues up against the Reds, actually 50-50. For the Chiefs, 3000 put on them at $1.22 and 85% of the match result is for them to get uh, the win near the Chiefs. And just for the racing side of things, Izzy, our listed feature is that out of, out of our Pony. It's the Rangitiki Cup. It's the happy 90th birthday, Edith Bull. And the best back in that race is Mary Louise for Robbie Patterson. She's by far the best back in that race. Is anyone back? Just ask me. Second best back to the race. Ooh. You get on it for a place. Kimpy I might have stopped that. Get on yeah. it for a place. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not the full <laughs> zone, but yeah. Uh, his last run was very, very good. Mm. I heard that they were thinking we might only beat one home. So, nice little place <laughs> on there. Yeah, yeah. He's carrying a bit of weight this time around. He's carrying 60, I think. But uh, it should be wet, which he likes. Uh, uh, Pip, we, we did have a text through here. I, I mentioned earlier that the Broncos had lost three of their last four. Richie said next week the Broncos will have lost four of their last five. Uh, the Warriors, of course, got the weekend off, but they do play the Bronx in Napier next week. You seen much action there? Yeah, it's, we're still having a little bit split to a betting on the head-to-head markets at this stage. I suppose it's that question mark whether they'll have Anna, Adam Reynolds back. But look, Warriors fans are always out in force at home as well. So, look, I mean, the Broncos are right at the top at the moment, but punters are still back in the Warriors, as they usually do. They always keep the feet. And uh, the PGA Championship, I would imagine you've had a little bit of uh, a little bit of weight come on uh, Foxy after his start, his first round two under. Absolutely. He is the second best back for the outright winner. The first one is John Ram at $9, and then Foxy, and then Scotty at 8 So he is uh, starting to really ramp up. Beautiful. Get up, Foxy. You sound a little bit crook there, Pip, so we'll, oh, we'll let no. you go. We'll, we'll let you go. Hey, you have a good weekend. Thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. That was Pip Morris. Uh, bet, watch and bet live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please cancel. Gamble responsibly, R18, Rick Dahl. Yeah, we, our can't wait question of the day today, uh, if you missed it earlier, was the best gig you've been to? Uh, what's the best gig you've been to on a Friday? And we've had some great entries for this, some great text messages coming, but I, there's a couple here uh, that are just out of the out of the park here. Uh, Brendan sent this one through. Seen you two at Croke Park in 2005 on the Vertigo oh. Tour. <laughs> VIP with Bono's wife, kids and manager on the mixing desk. Wow, bloody awesome. Pulling some strings there, <laughs> dropping some Croke names. Park. Oh, how good, how good. And this one too. Awesome. We were meant to see Elton John and Billy Joel play at Wembley. Billy pulled out sick. Elton did two hours of his own stuff and then did an hour of Billy Joel songs as well. What an absolute <laughs> champion. That is awesome. Man, that would have been some cool concerts to be a part of, particularly back in the 90s. In the 80s, like just some legends. It's all changed now, but hey.
Would have been cool. Yeah, mate, would have been fantastic. Uh, just a couple more uh, before we get away uh, as Sam Cullen is getting ready to come in studio. Went to Athletic Park in 91 to see ACDC Epic Concert and Bogan As. Uh, the stage <laughs> roof blew down a couple of days earlier, so they slung a crane over it to help hold it up. Uh, then I went up the Millard stand to scope the crowd as well. Still remember it to this day. That one from Cookie and this one from Scott and Titarangi. She had on before Rage Against the Machine at the big day out. Everyone was packing in to see Rage, but John and the boys put on a set that blew the roof off the place and established them as one of the best rock bands around. Thanks very much for all your texts. Keep them coming through. Double eight, double three. It's 19 away from nine here on SENZ. It's Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. 14 away from 9 here on SENZ, it is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast and we've got a, uh, a guest in studio, Izzy, as we've been teasing all morning, a good mate of our good friend Nepia, whose last day it is today, um, Sam Cullen joins us in studio, g'day Sam, how you doing? G'day, how's it going? Yeah, good, thanks mate, good, yeah, you now, um, uh, Sammy boy, <laughs> send it, <laughs> send it, uh, Neeps wanted to, to get you in on his last day to play, um, yep. I want to know, how much is he charging you as an agent for this? Uh, I'm not going to tell Hundreds. you it's too much. Hundreds. Um, it's, it's, it's his new gig. It's his new gig. Hey, Sam, I mean, obviously we're a sports station yep. and you're a muso, but yep. I know you're from Southland as well, much like uh, uh, young Nepio. Uh, who is your team, mate? Who, what's your sporting passion? Uh, big rugby guy, but I mean, the Southland Stags, you can't really get past them, can you, Nepio? Not um, at all. Not at all. But also, you know, big on the Warriors, been to Colour Warriors games this year and... Um, yeah, just rugby in general, love it. Rugby in general, right. And what about uh, in terms of music, mate? Who, who are your big influences? Uh, Bruce Springsteen's probably a big one off the top of the head. Uh, the Killers. Yeah. Um, that kind of rocky rocky world, I guess. Yeah, around yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Around yeah. there. Um, well, we're going we're to hear the song. Is he, You got anything before, before we get Sam to tee off? Nah, mate. I just want you to let it all out for young Neeps. He's been outstanding out here, so just... Uh, yeah, bro. Go for gold and then we'll let these pick up. Here we go. This is Sam Cullen, his brand new song. It's Forever on SENZ. Ooh. Well, the edge of your lips was the time of my life. And your wild, wild heart crashed into mine in the dark of the night You said I don't say much Well, I haven't drunk enough I was biting my tongue and thinking that this could be forever Forever Maybe, darling, all I want is you Cause the palm of your hand fits nice in mine So I won't let it go this could be forever yeah, This could be forever yeah, This could be forever Said this could be forever Dodging the rain Turned down a cab And asked you to dance Like I was insane yeah. We said I don't say much Well I haven't drunk enough I was biting my tongue And thinking that this could be forever Forever oh, 
Baby, darling, all I want is you Cause the palm of your hand fits nice in mine So I won't let it go This could be forever Yeah, this could be forever This could be forever Yeah, this could be forever Thanks very much. That's oh, so awesome. Go hey, Neeps. Um, boys, just from the from the bottom of my heart, Sam, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks. One of my best mates, Sam, out on my final show on the station. Ricardo, Kempe, Staffy, Sam, everyone I've worked with in the past couple months, uh, past couple years. It's been been fantastic. It's been an absolute ride, and you know, just looking forward to my next journey. Hey, to be fair, it feels like it's been forever. Yeah, it's, it could be forever, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there, Neeps. Ah, nice work. Nice awesome, work. bro. Yeah. Hey, thank you Sammy. for coming in, Sam. Thank you very much. Appreciate Sam. it. That is cool, bro. Like, we want to have a listen to that. Have you got it out on anywhere yeah, we can yeah. go listen to it? It's um, it's up on Spotify and all where you get your music. And there'll be a music video on May 31st. Last day in New Zealand awesome, Music bro. Month. Nice work. Nice work. Yeah. So we had a couple of texts through about it. Oh, Ooh. my God. Johnny Cash and Bruce Springsteen had a baby. Oh, that's And a, he's talented. We love it. Yeah, there you go. That one's come through. Thanks very much for your feedback. Thank you very much for coming in. We are eight away from nine here on SCNZ. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast when we come back. Yes, Sammy. We're going to catch up with Smithy. No doubt he'll have a critique for you as well.